want to move over there a bit more? Something about that story that, you know, he tells us that. You're not here? Hello? You can now. Thank you. So it's just when he, he writes that letter, it seems this church in Thessalonica that he's written to, it's just amazing. All of a sudden, you know, it seems he tells them the gospel, they get it, wham, bam, everybody knows they're amazing. It seems unbelievable, doesn't it? No, Andrew, it wasn't just a few words from Paul, was it? No, okay, he does say that actually the power of the Holy Spirit went with it, and I guess that made quite a difference. Paul certainly seems to say that, doesn't he? Yeah, and I guess he knew it at the time. I guess at the time he sort of knew that this message had come across and been received in a way that didn't. But what's more amazing in this account is that he says, I haven't seen it myself, but everybody tells me that you've received it. It's just... It's just amazing, isn't it? So what do you think happened? I don't know. I mean, I always think it maybe it's a story. You know the, the story of the Samaritan woman at the well? Can anybody remember that? The children can remember the Samaritan woman at the well? Do you remember that story? When Jesus told the woman all about living water? He did. He told all about living water. He seemed, he seemed to want to be there. All the disciples wanted to do something else, but he was there. But then he didn't just tell her that. Then he started telling her all sorts of stuff that he could have only known through the Holy Spirit. And what, of course, happened is she went back and told everybody else, and all of a sudden all these people became followers. So she knew that he really was the Messiah, because he did not only explain to her about it, but he also showed her who he was. Yeah. And similar to Paul. Of course, Paul, who sat here, can anybody remember what Paul used to be called before he became called Saul? Oops, Paul. I've just given you a clue. There we go. (laughs) Saul is the answer to that question if you haven't got that. <laughs> so Saul, and of course, what happened to Saul was that he met the Lord Jesus and he became blind. But then what happened to him after that? Well, Aeneas hears from God and goes to pray for Saul and he can see again. Then he baptised him. That's right. So, you know, it's an amazing story, isn't it? That, how it goes. But how might we explain that better, Elizabeth? How might we sort of explain that so everybody can understand. I know. Suppose you want to paint a picture of what would you need? Oh, well, you'd need, you'd need uh, a paintbrush. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. So what you're going to do is, if I got this, Elizabeth, and if I paint on here, God loves you, then everybody would know, wouldn't they? They'd all know that this is the gospel. But... But you're missing something. We don't know it's good news, do we? We can't see anything you're painting. What's he missing? Right, okay, we need some paint. I need some children to have a little look around and see if you can find me a tin of paint. So if you'd like to search round, and we're looking for a tin of paint, and we'll see if that would help. Because clearly my paintbrush on its own is not going to do it. So if you're searching around, there's somewhere under your chairs, so... Be warned, first person to paint. But while we're waiting for the paint to come, what I could do, Elizabeth, is I could get my drill and I could fix a sign to the wall that says, this is the good news. Would that work? But again, you're missing something. Just like the gospel about the power of the Holy Spirit, without a drill bit, you're not going to make any impact. Okay, I'm looking for drill bits now. Paint and drill bits. We need somebody to keep track of what we're looking for because it's going to get out of control. But there we go. Right. 
Okay, so that's not going to work either. This seems like I need something more than simply the words of the gospel. How are we doing? Any paint yet? No, that's not the paint. Okay, well, while we wait for the paint, should we carry on? Jesus said he is the light of the world, so we need to show people that light. Jesus said he was the light of the... Ah, we got a drill bit! Thank you very much, Benji! Whoa, we're doing something. Excellent. Thank you. So there we go. That's like the Holy Spirit to my drill, isn't it? I can make an impact with those, which I wouldn't without. So thank you. So you said Jesus is the light of the world. Now, I've got an idea for that, Elizabeth. Hopefully in here, I've got a torch. I could show everybody that Jesus is the... Oh, I've got no battery. That's not going to be very bright, is it? No, not very bright. Ah, Sophia! Yay! Sophia's... How's the paint doing? (laughs) I'm I'm worried about the paint. But don't worry about it. It'll be fine. (laughs) My torch doesn't work anyway. It's terrible, doesn't it? There you go. So the paint. Oh, well done. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So now I've got the paint and my paintbrush. This is where it's all going to go horribly wrong. I can paint. There we go. And I didn't get any on the carpet yet. So we're doing quite well. We've got paint for my paintbrush and drill bits for my drill. Help. So, where do we get to, Elizabeth? But the Holy Spirit is more than the battery. Do you remember how the disciples came to Pentecost? Pentecost? I do remember Pentecost. Who remembers Pentecost? Do you remember that story? Yes, excellent. And what happened at Pentecost? Do you remember what happened? What happened? The Holy Spirit came, didn't it? Yeah? I do know, I'm just checking my script. Sorry. Um. <laughs> Hello. We're going to look for something in a minute. You've got a job for you. Hold on. So, the Holy Spirit comes. <laughs> the Holy Spirit comes. And what happens at the end of that day? Now, this is a question. Somebody know the answer? They do go out from that place, don't they? But something happens as well. That's really good, Daniel. Something happens as well. Before they go out, what about all the people who are there? That's right. They came to, to know Jesus because of that moment. The moment the Holy Spirit comes to them, all of a sudden these disciples who are cowering in their little house suddenly tell the gospel. And 3,000 people. Now I was thinking about that. Do you know, do you remember the Portswood Beans? Who can remember the Portswood Beans? Who can do it? Elizabeth does a really good Portswood Bean. Come on. Yeah. The Portswood Beans. 
And we talk about 220 ports with beans coming to know Jesus. And when you read that event, that can happen in a single day in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the most amazing thing about it. And we've got a fun day coming up. Imagine if the Holy Spirit came to our fun day like it came at Pentecost. Whoa, wouldn't that be exciting? Say yes, because nobody else will. (laughs) Carry on. Oh, actually, no, it's my turn. But talking about fire, I've got a match, everybody, so I could light a fire. Not quite the same, Andrew. The Holy Spirit isn't just a fire. Anyway, how would you like the match? You don't even have a box. No, you're right. I need a box. I need a matchbox, children. Can you find me a matchbox to light my match on? Because my match is... Oh, here it comes. Wow, that is speedy. Whoa. Here we go. Just like the gospel and the Holy Spirit, I now have a matchbox to light my match so we can see that fire. So... Anyway, it's certainly to see that the gospel without the Holy Spirit is not going to be very effective, is it? That's right. I mean, imagine you're going to give someone a sandwich. Imagine you're going to give someone a sandwich. Would this piece of cheese on its own do? Elizabeth, even I know that a sandwich has pieces of bread either side of it. Can somebody find me some bread to go with his sandwich? Because a sandwich is not really a piece of cheese, is it? So if we'd like to find that missing bread... We could do that. So, carry on. Just like the gospel needs the Holy Spirit. Or if you gave someone an ice cream cone, but without any ice cream. Ice cream cone without any ice cream. We need some ice cream for the cone, Daniel. These things are just no good on their own, aren't they? Some things are not what they need to be without the other. Or if you try to brush your teeth with toothpaste, but no toothbrush. Toothbrush needed. Well, thinking about the fun day, imagine if we served everybody a cup of tea on a saucer without a cup. That wouldn't be too good, would it? So if somebody would like to find me a cup to go with my saucer, that'd be good. Or clearing up afterwards with a dustpan, but no brush. Cups come. Brush needed for dustpan. So, we know that trying to share the gospel without the Holy Spirit is not very effective, but what might it look like? Well, I thought of a couple of examples, Elizabeth. I thought of a couple of examples. One day, a group of us met here in church, and we decided we were going to go out on the street and share the gospel with, with anybody who we could make eye contact with. How did that go? Uh, well, personally, it didn't go very well. <laughs> in fact, um, not people, people didn't really want to talk to me, actually. Nobody? Well, not nobody, but not very many. And as for sharing the gospel, it really didn't. Ah, toothbrush has come. Thank you very much for that. Excellent. We can brush our teeth now. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, no, it didn't go very well, Elizabeth. I sort of just... I mean, you know, yeah. So you didn't feel that that was the Holy Spirit then? Well, we prayed about it, and actually some people had a good experience. But personally, I didn't have a good experience. Well, I didn't have a good experience. It was a learning experience. Um, but no, I didn't really feel it was, you know, strongly with the Holy Spirit for me. 
So, do you have any more successful experience? I did, actually. Just a few weeks ago, dustpan brushes arrived. Thank you very much, Joshua. I think we've got everything now. Who knows? Oh, there's an ice cream missing. So if there's a melted ice cream under anyone's chair, Daniel needs it. But yes, Elizabeth, on that point, we had an experience the other week. Alice and I were walking home down Portsmouth High Street from church, and we were going to Sainsbury's and just chatting... And I just thought we'd just carry on. And then I spotted a chap over the road, a man over the road, and I thought, oh, I need to go and speak to him. Just really felt I should go and speak to him at that moment. Did you know him? I, I sort of knew him, yeah. I, and that was a Holy Spirit thing as well. Actually, I only knew him because of the Holy Spirit. But I, I did know him, yeah. So, did you? Did you cross the road? What, to get to the other side? Yeah. No, I did cross the road, yes. And I did actually talk to him as well. And it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, yeah, he started to share about his life. And I'd actually given the message that day on, on, the, on the reinstatement of Peter after Jesus, you know, Jesus returned. And, and I could share that with him, this story. And it was just amazing. It just sort of came together in that way. Did he listen? He did, he did listen. The end of it was he was saying, how could it be that you would come and meet me today and, and, and I would share this with you and you would tell me this story? And of course I could think it was the Holy Spirit. He didn't really know. He just sort of was just absolutely amazed but listened to the whole thing and, and was happy to hear, unlike my previous experience. So, that was the gospel of the power of the Holy Spirit then? It was indeed, and absolutely. And I think it's like, it's just amazing when you take the opportunity to pray for those God so often gives us something. Ice cream. Okay. Well, maybe we'll look for the ice cream in the next song. Somebody must know where the ice cream is. Anyway. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. When we pray for those opportunities to Jesus, to say, can I share the good news? Can I share this story? That we so often get those opportunities. And the challenge is praying about it enough. And I was thinking about an equation. Who likes mathematics? Do you like maths, Elizabeth? Um. No. She's not convinced. But anyway, I had this idea about this equation, which we can try. Imagine the number of times that we prayed that the Lord would lead us in the power of his Holy Spirit for an opportunity to share the gospel. If we were to put out the bottom of a fraction... Do I need to lift up higher? If we were to put out a bottom and then we were to take another number, which was a number of times... Do you do maths? Are you only good at maths? Can you do, do fractions for me? The number of times that we had an opportunity on top. So imagine that fraction. And if you're a statistician... See, I'm an engineer, but if you're a statistician, you might like the percentages. Imagine if we prayed for 100 opportunities... What would the number be on the top? How many opportunities would the Lord lead us to? Would he Lord lead us to 10? That would be 1 in 10. Would he lead us to 50? That would be 50. That would be half the opportunities that we'd asked for, that we had. And that's just sharing the gospel. That's just telling your friends that you go to church. Just telling your friends you, you stood up here on Sunday. Or just telling somebody that God is real. And that's what Michael Harvey... Do you remember the stay day we had, Elizabeth, and Michael Harvey? Yes. Yeah. And Michael Harvey, that's what he talked about, didn't he? He talked about praying in the power of the Holy Spirit to ask who it was we should invite. And that's really what Paul's talking about in this letter. 
So, what we're going to do is we're going to pray in a minute. Elizabeth and I are going to lead some prayers. We're going to pray for the ice cream to be found, and we're going to pray for some other things as well. Um, but what we're going to do, what we'd like to do, is hand out a little bit of paper to everybody here, which just got a very simple prayer on it. It just says, Dear Lord, please lead me today to an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus in the power of your Holy Spirit. And what we'd like to ask is each person take one of these away, and maybe one opportunity in the coming week. Just think, I'm going to pray that prayer this morning. Maybe you pray it every day, and therefore it won't matter. But if just pray that prayer, and just see what God does. And next week, we'll have an opportunity, if anyone wants anything to share next week, and share those stories. Because I'd love to know what that fraction really is. So, so we're going to hand those out. So we need some help from the children. Um, as soon as we've done these prayers, so if you'd like to come up, uh, William's going to lead that for us. So we'll lead some prayers. So let us pray, everybody. Okay, moving up. Anybody under the age of 15 know? Okay, let's open it up. Does anybody know? Greek. 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 Yes, absolutely Greek is the language. So Paul talks about it. And what I thought, this is probably a world first, and it's probably the most crazy thing I've ever tried to do in a family service. But I thought, with the children, we could learn some Greek. Yeah. So, I'm going to some slides. Oh, here we go. Yeah, altogether Greek. Here we go. So this is our first attempt at learning some Greek. Now, if you can't stand the Greek, if you're, well, actually, if you're smaller and you can't stand the Greek, there is a matching game up here you can do, but you can hang on in there. And even if you're big and you can't stand the Greek, you're welcome to come and do matching games up front. But no, the reason for looking at the Greek, it seems a bit of a bizarre thing to do in a family service, but actually it really struck me that there's three things we want to know from Paul when he writes this letter. I think one, the first we want to know, is why does Paul hold these people up as a great example? What is it that their faith is that is so striking to Paul? And he uses three words, and we're going to pick those up and we're going to have a look at those. Why did it happen? And Elizabeth and I touched on that already. We've touched about the Holy Spirit. What is it that Paul saw happening in these people that he could say, actually, this is why that gospel has come to you with that power? And then finally, the third one, and the one we'll leave on, is actually, how did Paul know that? So, right, here we go. Our first Greek, we're going to 1 Thessalonians 3, so it's on page, so if you want to follow it in your Bibles, it's on page 1093, I think, or 1193. Actually, it should tell me on the previous slide. 1186, there we go, I'm completely wrong. So, 1 Thessalonians 3, there's three Greek words. No, there's not. Oh, no. Yes, there are. Whoa. There we go. So, I have to confess I don't read Greek, but I managed to look it up. But what I did note on these three words, if you recognise the characters, there's obviously a lot of pi in Greece. Because pi in every word on this one here. So, there's three words. Does anybody read Greek? Now, I sent Anna an email last night to help out. She said she didn't know this morning. But, so, we're going to come up. And there's a hand mic somewhere. It's there. Right. Okay. So the first one, I'm going to put a word up to help. I think... <laughs> it's pistis. 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 Anybody know what pistis is? 
is faith. So Paul has identified in these people their faith. As he says, he says, he says, your work produced by faith. As he identifies that. So that's one of the characteristics that Paul's identified, this, this pistis. So the next word, you all know this one. <laughs> Agape. Agape. And it means love. Faith, love. So we probably know what the third one is. The third one, elpis. Elpis, yeah. Elpis is hope. Hope. So these are the three things that Paul's identified. Now, this hope that Paul's talking about, if you children, you might, I, I, you know, we, we hope for good weather. We hope it's not going to rain today, or we hope that we'll do well in our exams. This isn't the hope Paul's talking about. When you look at the Greek word, it actually is expect, expectation of what is sure, what is certain. This is a hope which is, I am certain of what Jesus has done for me. I am certain of what Jesus brings. This is hope that isn't the world's hope. This is hope that is the hope of Jesus Christ. And if, and if, if you personally struggle with that, I really recommend uh, a theologian called Jürgen Mortmann, a German theologian, some books by him. If you're in the university, because he's quite old, there's quite a lot of his books in the library. Well, actually, there's not, because I've got them. But if you go to the library another time when I haven't got them, you'll be able to read them. But actually, he talks about a gospel of hope. He talks about the uniqueness of being a Christian in terms of our hope. But we have a hope that stands beyond anything the world offers. And that's what Paul talks about in here. And he talks about in faith, he talks about persuaded and come to trust. So actually, you have been persuaded. You have come to trust. You are showing your love. You're pouring out that labor of love um, and your endurance due to hope. And now we're suffering endurance due to persecution. We might have to suffer endurance due to actually a long time. We're thousands of years past it. Are we still enduring? Do we still have the hope of Jesus? Do we still say, actually, this is all true? This is a reality. This is a certainty. So how can we possibly have that? And that's the challenge. Actually, Paul says, how could you be certain? But Paul knows that because we're going to go into lesson two now, which is 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5, and we're going to take three more words, and they get more complicated, and they have more letters in, and this is where Anna is going to really come into her own. This is dynamis. Say it again. Dynamis. Dynamis. Now, is anybody here two weeks ago, you should know what this word is? Because Louise used it. Hmm? Power, that's right. Dunamis, power. The word, as Louise talked about, it's the power that we take the word dynamite from. It's the power we take the word dynamo from. <laughs> it's a massively strong thing. It's the, the, the Greek word defined as physical power, force, might, energy, and then powerful deeds and marvelous deeds. This is a hugely important word in the New Testament. 120 times this word appears in the New Testament. There's a lot of power going on in that. Twenty, more than 20 of those times, it's a direct reference to miracles. Miracles seen in, the, in, in front of Jesus. Miracles in the hands of the disciples. This is the power, and it's the power of what? It's the power of... Hagios. Hagios. Anybody? Holy. Pneuma. Pneuma. Spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit. 
So we would have the dunamis hagios panuma, but we wouldn't because it goes the other way around, doesn't it? Yeah. It would have been panuma hagios. Yeah, yeah. So it would have been the other way around. But those are the three words. And Paul's saying, this is what I've seen of you, your love, your faith, your hope. And this is why I know these are real in you, because you have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, the holy, it's the likeness of God. It's, it's the spirit, the breath. And this is the same spirit going right back to Genesis 1. The Genesis, the ruah, the breath of God that goes through. It's the same spirit that empowers the artisans in the temple. It's the same spirit that empires Daniel to survive the furnace, to Joseph to interpret dreams. This is the spirit of God. And, and Paul is saying, you have received this. And it's just a question. This is a question, no matter how long you've been on this journey, whether you've been on it a little time as a Christian or a long time. When was the last time you experienced that dynamis, that dynamic, dynamite-like power of the Holy Spirit in your life? You personally experienced it. You witnessed something that made you realize that that is a powerful thing. Our God is a powerful God. It's a question I actually asked Michael Harvey when he was here. We had a, I said to him, why is it when we become Christians we seem so powerful for the gospel and we want to share it with everybody? And then as we go on that journey, we tend to lose it. I know that's my experience. I know it's other people's experience. I know it's people's, recent people's experience. And what is it? And it occurred to me while actually preparing this yesterday, is it to do with his Holy Spirit? Is it actually to do with the fact that maybe our theology and the Holy Spirit's put it into a baptism or you know the Pentecost we had all the arguments about whether it's second blessing all those things but actually it's a constant reality when was the last time that we received the power of the Holy Spirit when was the last time we prayed Lord give me that power and would I see it so these prayers we've taken this week is an opportunity to say Lord give me the power of your Holy Spirit to witness to share the good news in a world that is full of bad news and tragic news as we saw in the video So now we're going to move on to the super difficult advanced lessons. And there's only two adults down here, or three adults down here at the moment, so I'm doing quite well. So this is really seriously complicated. So complicated, my button's packed up. There we go. So 1 Thessalonians 1, 6 to 8. We're going to have four words. We're not going to have any words. Eventually. help <laughs> sorry dear lord please get my slide to work I'll try again help <laughs> can you forward my slide one well you're going to have to do it. I can read it can we have the next slide Yeah, 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 there we go. Four. Thank you. Cool. So we've got four words here. Mm-hmm. Going to start you off on the first one. Mimetes. Mimetes. Mimete. Mimete. That's right. So what does that sound like? Let me show you there. There it is. Mimetes. Imitate. That's right. In verse 6, you became imitators of us and of the Lord. So Paul says you have become imitators. And again, that word. Mimetes, it says, 
actually it's a mimic. It's the positive imitation that arises from admiring the pattern of someone worthy of emulation. This is actually people who've said, I can see something in you, Paul. I can see Jesus. I want to be like that. I want to imitate you. I want to imitate the Lord Jesus. And, and that's what Paul says. You became, you imitated us, and you could see that in you and your faith in God. So the next word? Tupos. Tupos. Which means? Model. So it's a model. And again, we've got the word in, in, the, in there. We've got you became a model. Other versions would have you became an example. It's actually a really striking word. It's probably the reason why I did this this morning. That tupos is not just a model or example. The definition is it's taken from the word to strike repeatedly, to hammer out. If you imagine car body panels in a factory being stamped out, and they come out, and they're the same, they're, they're, they're tight, they're typical. And this is what Paul's saying. Actually, I can see you have been stamped out. You have come out with this power. Um, you know, a reliable precedent for others. Carrying on? Exegeo. Exegeo. Exegeo, yes. I've got, got the wrong word. Okay, yeah. And that is... Next. To ring out. So we've got in verse 8, the Lord's message rang out from you, sounded forth. And we'll go straight on to the next word. Can I cover those together? Exerchomai. Say that one again. Exerchomai. Exerchomai. Okay. That was the one I wasn't even going to try. <laughs> Thank you very much. And that means... Oh. Come out. Oops, go back. That's it. To come out. So it's this last passage. And it's really striking. Thank you very much for that, Anna. Thank you. Yeah, just leave it on, that's fine. Is that the, this, this had come out from them. This wasn't something that people had peered in to see. This message had poured out of the church. It had rung out like a sound. It had come out and was known everywhere. We talked about in the passage, we talked about Macedonia. Macedonia is 100 miles from Thessalonia. Archaea is about 300 miles from this had poured out, and it, and, it's, and it struck me as a question. I was going to ask children a question, but they're not paying attention. But if we go on to the next slide, is what did the church at Thessalonia look like? Did it look like that? Anybody know where that church is? Paris, Notre Dame. Or maybe it was a pink church. You can't see in the colours there, but it's a lovely pink church because it was a hot and sunny place. Or maybe it was... Like Portswood Church. Or another small church. Keep going there. But actually, no, it was none of these. If you keep going until we get to the people. It was none of these things. It wouldn't have been a big church building. It would have been a group of people, on the next slide, just meeting together. People didn't stumble across them and find out they were Christians. These people went out in a power of the Holy Spirit and shared what was good news. They shared a hope that was deep, deep down inside of them that said, we have hope in the Lord Jesus. We know the power of the Holy Spirit. And that went out from this church to these people. So it was actually a, a, a real pouring out from it. And, 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 you know, they went, they imitated the Lord. And, and that's what Jesus talks about. Jesus talks in John's Gospel time and time again. He says, my Father is working, I am working. Truly I say to you, I do nothing of my own accord, only what I see the Father doing. It says, my teaching is not mine, but he who sent me. 
I do nothing on my own authority. I speak as the Father taught me. Time and time again in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I do what the Father does. And in this passage, Paul is saying, you are doing what God is doing. You are doing what the Father does. You are doing. And that is spreading amongst these people. They are seeing it. They're hearing it. It's ringing out. And that's what they know. So that's really that passage. So what we're going to do really is we're just going to have a song. We've got a couple of songs now. Um,